You are listening to an exclusive on PodHub Network. Your city, your podcast. The delight of this crowd, McClendon marches down the dugout steps with first base. McCutcheon's throw, the runner breaks to the plate, here's the throw, wow. You are listening to the North Shore 9 Podcast. Follow them on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Also, make sure to watch NS9 Live every Thursday on Twitch and help support by becoming a patron. Let's go, Bucks! Good morning, everybody. Welcome to Starbucks with Jim and Donardo. I am your host, Anthony Donardo, with me. As always, this morning, Jim Rosati from the Northside Notch. Jim, I'm freezing, but how you doing? Doing good. Um, yeah, warmer in Kentucky than Florida, we just found out. So that's pretty, pretty interesting. <laughs> Seriously. And, I mean, obviously it's warmer in Pittsburgh than, you know. It's warmer in Kentucky, I should say, than Pittsburgh right now, as we would expect. It's 33 in Pittsburgh. As we found out, it's 35 in Kentucky. And right now in Jacksonville, Florida, it's 34. So... Damn. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, 35 in Louisville. Uh, we were supposed to have softball last night. It, it, I got out of my car. It was freezing. And then the lights couldn't turn on at the, uh, at the field. Turns out they didn't pay their electric bill. So games got canceled due to, uh, due to a late utility bill. So I have to ask you this. All right, I saved it. I didn't ask last night because I want to know on the show. So when you said they didn't pay electric bill, who is they? Is this the league that you're part of, or do you guys use some facility? Yeah, so apparently like we use one of the – there's a softball complex that's at one of the parks here. Okay. And that's where we, that's where we go. And apparently they said they like switched up their billing, and uh, yeah, they must have – missed some payments or something <laughs> I, I, I don't understand how it happens like we're, we're it's at a park so like, i don't understand how you turn the power off at a park right and and, and again that's why i mean i assumed it wasn't like you guys you know again i yeah. i really assumed yeah. it was some type of facility but then like you said i just couldn't fathom some facility not paying the electric bill and getting shut off i mean as yeah, i've spoken to you before I'm, i mean down here we've played football we used to a lot of us would work till like 11 or, or midnight shifts at this one place. And a lot of us would get off and we'd go play football at this one park, like you mentioned. You know, at midnight, the lights would be on. If not, we would, we, we found a way to turn them on. But I just couldn't imagine, like, you know, like you said, like some public facilities' lights being shut off because they didn't pay the electric bill. Yeah, it's, I, I don't understand it. It was weird. <laughs> we got, like, I got, I pulled, I pulled in like 15 minutes before game time and, there's there's three fields right there and just like pitch black and like everybody was there like all the teams were there it's just like no lights i'm just like what is going on yeah apparently apparently they didn't pay their bill is Damn, what, is what i was son. told so, yeah all right well it was probably better off if lights were off and you didn't honestly I, I stepped out of my car for a little bit just like talked to my teammates and it was freezing so yeah. I'm happy we didn't play, but now it's just pushed another week. So now we have now we have softball on December fifteenth. Mm. I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll roll the dice. I'd rather see what it's like next week, later in December, than right now because yeah, we'll it's see. pretty freaking cold. Apparently, all across the country. So yeah, it's cold. And two, like even like obviously football gets really cold, but at least you know in football you're usually constantly moving. You know, baseball you're just sitting there for. Some longer period of times. I mean, with it being 34 mm-hmm. degrees, 35 degrees, do you really want to be standing there? No. In the dugout? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Freezing your ass off, literally? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, go. good, good for the facility losing its lights. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, we have some uh, – we got a lot to talk about today. Not so much Pirates. I don't think any of us is shocked about that. But the winter meetings – are taking place right now. Um, maybe just real quick, what's your thought leading into the winter meetings? Because 
I wasn't so sure a lot was going to happen. I mean, for one part of it was the landscape of the financial crisis, you want to put it, you know, because I think that's how most MLB owners are looking at the the financial crisis among MLB. Mm -hmm. So I I wasn't really sure how like this week was going to go as far as like, you know, transactions and such. Maybe a lot of signs would happen, much like they were in the years past up until last year where there was like this big frenzy where just like the market just held out, held out, held out. So that was part of it. The second part of it was because the winter meetings being virtual, you know, maybe a whole lot of action, discussion, talking isn't really going down like they are in person. Um, but yeah. so far, not too bad. I mean, what's your take on the winter meetings at this point? Just in, in, as a general whole. Yeah, well, we're two days into it. Um, we've seen some moves. Uh, I feel like we haven't seen a ton of like free agent signing, but I mean, it's there's there have been signings, so it's not that that there hasn't been anything. Um, you know, Carlos Santana signed a nice two-year deal yesterday with the Royals. That was a little surprising to see. Mm-hmm. I'm not really sure what the Royals are doing there. Um, Adam Eaton signs with the White Sox. And then we got, you know, a Reds trade. We got a White Sox trade. Um, yeah, so there's, there's, it's definitely been active. Like, I mean, people are, people are doing stuff and there's still, you know, there's still a few days left. So, um, but I was with you. I didn't really think there was going to be a ton of, a ton of moves made just because, like you mentioned, it's kind of seemed like so many teams, are in this shed salary mode. <laughs> but I guess when you have teams that are in a shed salary mode, that's going to open up maybe some doors for some teams that maybe don't necessarily have to shed salary. So I think that's what we're seeing right now is you've got maybe a few organizations that, you know, they actually have a little bit of money to spend perhaps. Seeing other, this other as teams, an opportunity. Yeah. Other teams that, you know, are, are trying to shed some salary and uh, yeah, it's, it's, creating some deals. I think another thing too, you may see more free agent signings because of all of those non-tenders that we talked about last right. week. So you have all those, you know, a lot of guys non-tendered last week who are attractive to quite a few teams. So um, that, that could help spur a little bit of uh, free agency too. Yeah. That's not a, that's not a bad point right there too. Um, and, and you know what, like <clears throat> I'm definitely with you. You know, I think there's definitely some teams that are crying poor right now. Um, I think we're well aware of which teams they are, and then also that those teams that that really aren't. I mean, the winter meeting we haven't mentioned them because they haven't really done a whole lot in the winter meetings. But before the winter meetings even happened, you know, Atlanta was one of them teams. You know, they were signing people right off the bat. I mean, I know they're one year contracts, but it wasn't like they were cheap one year contracts. You know, they're substantial in the sense. I mean, Charlie Morton bought fifteen million for the year. You know, which is basically what his option was with the Rays. You know, it wasn't like it was like, oh, Charlie Morton had to settle for one year, eight million. I mean, he got a good bit of money for one year. So, uh, you know, there's definitely some teams out there that are maybe looking at this as an opportunity, um, which, you know, just to tie it in here to a degree, like, what a time to be bad in the NL Central. What a time to be the Pirates. You know, like, yeah. like, really think about this. The Cubs are one of those teams that are shitting salary. They haven't been really that good to begin with anyways for the past few years, right? I mean, they're beatable. Um, I think they're more of a product of, a again, a bad NL Central. You know, the Cardinals are shedding salary. They're well, you know, <laughs> informed to the rest of the league that they're, they can't afford anything. Um, the Reds apparently shedding salary. I, I don't know what they've been doing. We'll talk about a little more. You know, the Brewers, again, they're kind of there. Like, if the Pirates are somewhat decent, like, this is such the market for the Pirates today. Let's scoop up some actually productive people for cheap one-year deals, maybe even two-year deals, like the Royals did with Santana, um, and go for it. And, you know, take this division, and yet we suck. So it ain't going to happen. Yeah. um, I mean, you you look at just the division last year, even. Um, Four teams made the playoffs, but none of them – were, were really any good mm-hmm. I mean, you, you saw that once they got into the playoffs i think on, between the four of them they only won one game um so yeah the the, the division is certainly down you've got the cubs who are crying poor you've got the reds who are seemingly now you know trying to get rid of money it looks like they they're even 
reportedly open to moving Sonny Gray and, and his new deal. So yeah, I, I, they, they're, they're, they're moving away from, I mean, they, they just got rid of their two best relief pitchers. So right. um, yeah. I, so I can't imagine the Reds getting better next year. Um, but, but, um, but yeah. And then you have the Cardinals who are, not really looking to spend any money it seems like um brewers not spending any money so yeah you've got teams that are also looking to possibly trade hater yeah so i i i think um yeah you're you're absolutely right this would be a good time for the pirates to take advantage (laughs) of an opportunity it's just they're not even in that position right now like they don't even i don't even think they're i don't think there's a sink i don't think there's a way they could actually field a competitive team next year no no and, and you I can't mean, even so. i mean i assume at this point of time you know things obviously can change but you can't even give them the well it's a 60 game anything can happen as last year where you know things can that get too. weird you know it's probably going to be 162 games therefore no you're not even going to try to pretend that something weird can happen and, and go in for it um so yeah, it's like you know, it just uh, it just makes it. Yeah, it, it it's frustrating because you look at uh, like the Pirates right now, kind of as they stand, is probably they're probably like a sixty win team, right? Sure. Um, and in order to be competitive, you've got to add twenty five wins to that. You know, that's like, just that's... to get competitive. <laughs> that's just yeah, so... to enter the conversation. <laughs> That's that's a lot of wins. Um, right. I'm not even sure is even out there. <laughs> like, like I don't you even, could clone like, Trevor Bauer, and that's your five man rotation, right? And and that, you're almost yeah. there. <laughs> yeah, you, you're probably there. If if you if that happens and you get like five Trevor Bowers, then you're probably there. But but like I said, that, that does it doesn't exist. Um, <laughs> I, I I I don't really see it happening. Um, also it's just not what the pirates are going to do. Right. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's definitely a, a rough time to be bad. It kind of reminds me of, you know, those pirates teams back in 2009, 2010, those teams also were really bad, mm. but there was one team that was just a little bit worse. So it's like, it was just, they got unlucky. They got unlucky now that they're bad when they, when they could, could be, you know, they could be getting by just by being fine. They were unlucky back then by being bad when there was one other team that was just oh, even worse. Um, referring to the Nationals there, so yeah, it's. Uh, I, I think it, there's really nothing they can do at this point to to get to where they were. Maybe had they kept Marte, you know, and they they picked up his option and. Yeah, you you could then kind of think about it. Um, no, but, not really. You know, like, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, let's be honest. I, I know where you're going with this, but yeah, no, I not mean, really. It, it really again, like yeah. that's what's going to say. Like the dagger is just really in the heart because it does go back to this unfortunate trade where it's like had the Chris Archer move never taken place. Now you can say, okay, well, there's still potentially martyr. If not, you're making that trade. And you're probably not going after prospects. Maybe you're going after like a younger, kind of like the Cole type. You know, you're trying to fill out the roster for needs. But hey, at that point, you have Austin Meadows still. Now you still got Tyler Glass now. It, hey, albeit you might have Boz still as, you know, prospect capital for, you know, a trade to do something. So like now yeah. you're talking of maybe we should go after some of these guys. And, you know, because maybe now you're sitting, like you said, like the 20s some wins that need to be competitive now get some um signings get you over the top so yeah it's at that that trade's still coming back to really sting um that trade's gonna stink for a while well <laughs> yeah obviously that's that's true <laughs> yeah, yeah that was <laughs> but I mean, it was, uh it was, it, was, it was an organizational it, it was a organization ruining trade like that that trade i feel like just it we, really crippled the entire organization. <laughs> we need a trademark like, that. This is the the organizational crippling crippling trade. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. I'm gonna bring that trade up a little bit later too as well. Um, 
but with that said, let's transition uh, like right into the Reds, as you're talking about. You know, they did make the trade. They trade Raziel Iglesias for Noe Ramirez. Um, yeah, like like you mentioned, clearly a salary dump. Iglesias, a very good productive closer. Very good productive closer. $9 million. Even like at the nine million, I mean that's not like it's egregiously expensive, you know, for that type of productivity. Um, but they go and trade them to the Angels for essentially nothing. I mean, Ramirez' return is—it's not as if it's like let's get a little bit less productive, but you know, still a piece in our bullpen. I mean, he's not that good. He's not that good. Like pure salary yeah. dump. He's your—he's your normal run of the mill right-handed relief pitcher in major league baseball. Like, I think he's fine. Like he'll get the job done, but yeah, he's not, he's not like a shutdown guy. Like Iglesias was. So, um, yeah, pure salary dump. Um, I think this was Iglesias's last year too, Mm -hmm. before free agency. So, you know, I think it was just really the reds saying, Hey, is this worth paying him $9 million or 8 million? I think it was, he was owed $8 million. Um, was it eight? Oh, nine, no, 9.125 um, was Iglesias' deal coming next year. So I guess they just, uh, they've made up their mind this off season that they're not going to spend money on relief pitchers because this goes in, this is just a week after uh, non-tendering Archie Bradley. Right. So who they traded for. Who they traded for? They gave up yeah. prospect capital to get him, and then they dumped him because of apparently he wasn't worth the contract. And 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 Bradley probably would have made, and Bradley probably would have been in that same boat, like around that nine million dollar range. So you know that between the two of those, they cut you know almost twenty million in salary just just out of their bullpen. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, then you're. They, they cut off. I mean, those are two best relievers. They just got rid of. Right, R- right. <laughs> so, and, yeah. and again, so this is also a team where they're not that good. They're, they're kind of like half in, half out. You know, we're not really that good. They're not that bad. It's not where it's just like you just have to rebuild this club. Um, so again, like this is the time where they could be looking at this is, this is a gift. This NL Central is bad. We can, you know, add some really good cheapish contracts per se than you know more than normal um and they appear to be shedding so the offseason isn't over okay i mean this could be a precursor like you said maybe they're saving 18 ish million dollars close to 20 million dollars and they use that to reinvest i mean word is they're out there looking for a shortstop i mean for somehow or another they've been tied to francisco lindor rumors don't know how involved, how deep those really are. But like, what if this was mm-hmm. something where it's like, okay, you know what? Seeing the value, seeing the, the this market, seeing the offseason that's taking place right now. If we can shed this $18 million in these two guys, which are really good productive relievers. However, we can get back in free agency, maybe the same type of production for $10 million, right? We offer two guys $5 million. Now we save $9 million-ish. We go out there, and now we can reinvest that into you know a shortstop. Maybe make a big trade for Lindor. If that happens, it sucks. It sucks for baseball. I get it. That's the money ball mentality, and that's efficiency, and I also get that too. But I guess in that sense, good on the race. I mean, they're seeing an opportunity, and I guess this makes sense. But like you mentioned earlier, there's rumors out there that they're they're touting Sonny Gray. And if they just traded, you know, in Glaces, they already, you know, non-tendered Archie Bradley. And now they're trading Sonny Gray. I mean, I don't think that's really the path. And I don't know if you agree, but it seems as if you are right. Like, it's more or less as like they are mm-hmm. shedding salary. They're not going to be competitive this year. And what I want to get to is kind of coming back to something I, I mentioned earlier, maybe this year or whatever, but... I just feel like there's so much still going off. Well, at least at least good for them for trying. I mean, if this is really the case that they're going, this whole rebuild, if you want to call it for them, which is a complete disaster. 
you know, I questioned it from the get go. Yeah. Why are they really trying to get good this early? Because it doesn't seem as if they're really there yet. Um, they went ahead and did it. And I guess in that sense, it's like, well, I guess good for trying. But if this was the outcome, what a disaster for the Reds. Yeah. So what was weird about the Reds is even the years that they weren't good, they still like did these little things that just made you think like, what are you doing this for? Like two years ago, they traded for Kevin Gossman. Like when they were in last place in the division at the trade deadline, like it was like, what, what are you guys doing right now? Um, and, and so it has been strange. Like they, they, they've never been fully in rebuild mode. Um, and, and like you, like you said, they did kind of, they went all in last year, really. Like, I mean, they, 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 they re-signed Sonny Gray. They brought in Trevor Bauer. Um, they, they, um, Castellanos. They brought in Castellanos, right? So they, you know, Shogo Akiyama was a big signing out of Japan. But like, you've, you've got these guys that they're bringing Moustakis. in. Spending money on, yeah, Moustakis too. Yeah, I kind of forgot about him. Um, so, they went for it last year and you know, they made the playoffs, but so did half of the <laughs> Um And then they didn't win a game. Uh, so, and now Trevor Bauer, most likely, you know, not coming back. Doing that. And, and now they're, they're dropping, dropping salary. So yeah, it's, it's weird. I'm not really looking at what they're doing as kind of like a rebuild here. Like, I feel like if they were to trade Sonny Gray, mm-hmm. um, Sonny Gray's contract is so friendly right now that like they they could really get um, something in return for Sonny Gray. Um, and like, like, and they could get like an impact major league talent. I think even for Sonny Gray, depending on the team, you know, if there's somebody who maybe just really needs pitching, they they would give up, you know, young position player for, for gray. So, um, I mean, he's, he's due $10 million this year, $10 million a year after, and then he's got a $12 million option after that. So very affordable, um, numbers there for gray that, you know, maybe it makes sense to just hear what somebody's going to, I mean, somebody's going to give you something really nice for it. And you, and you got to think about it. Um, cause their starting rotation is their strength. So, I mean, they, they, if they move Sonny Gray, they, they would probably still have, they might still have the best rotation in the NL Central. So, yeah, maybe, yeah, it, it, but it would be close. It's, it'd be it's, up there. Yeah, um, I mean, I like, I like yeah. Castillo, but I don't know. Like, it was nice because it was Gray, it was Bauer, it was Castillo, but like yeah. you mentioned, Bauer's gone. If Gray loses, I mean, you know, we could get a decent pitcher in return coming back. You know, it's almost, I mean, think about like, We'll get yeah. to also here a little bit too. Uh, the uh, the Dane Dunning return, you know, for mm-hmm. the Rangers with Lance Lynn. I mean, if you got like a Dane Dunning back for Sonny Gray, that, that's not a total loss. I mean, that would just be one piece, I would imagine. But yeah, right. I mean, that's a guy you can slot in at least. And I see where you're going, so it's not like a total loss. But yeah, it's definitely I, I a like hit to their rotation. Yeah, I feel like they're kind of trying to do this, like maybe a reload, you know. Maybe try to try to bring in some pieces that, that won't necessarily, you know, they're not necessarily, you know, what they had last year, mm-hmm. but they're significantly cheaper. Um, you know, they, they still have everybody on offense is still there, so like they, they really didn't change offensively. Um, so yeah, well, it'll be interesting to see what they do. I I have a feeling that they're not like completely done yet. Like I could see the Reds going out there and adding something. And I, I have a feeling this this could just be shedding salary to do something with it. Um, so yeah, it, we'll we'll see what happens. I just I feel like just their behaviors the last few seasons um, of kind of being all in, you know, then and going for it. I don't think they're ready to give that up. I kind of have a feeling that as long as Votto is still there, yeah. they're they're gonna try to go for it. Yeah, and, and I think that really is the whole – I mean, that's the, the heartbeat of the Reds. It's that Votto contract, which unfortunately, as you're seeing it, it's, it's really hurting them because I think they can't – well, the first off, they can't trade him because he has a no-trade contract and he doesn't want to be traded, which still boggles my mind 
because it's freaking Cincinnati. I mean, it's not like he's living in LA. It's not like he's living in, you know, South beach, Florida. He's living in Cincinnati. Um, and the Reds weren't good. Like, here's your opportunity to go play for a contender. And he's like, nope, I want to stay here. So it really hurts the Reds. And I think it's that's really why they've gone this route. And I get it because, you know what, you have this contract. He's here. You might as well try to do something while he's here, while he's still productive. Because, you know, why wait to do a full rebuild? Then you still have the contract and he's bad. Um, so I do think, yeah, a lot of the Reds – mentality will be tied to this this contract you know if he's still productive you gotta at least try and attempt it just sucks because this is what you're getting you're getting you know when you're like half in half out that's the type of team you're getting um <clears throat> so yeah i just I, i'm still in wait and see mode with the reds i i'm kind of with you too like i feel there's probably more coming um it just kind of sucks to see where they're at right now and what they're doing among a lot of mlb teams um, one team that's not going the route, the Reds route though, Jim is the Chicago White Sox up and coming team. They've gone through the rebuild. They made kind of like the, the Padres last year. You know, they made a bit of a splash. They're young. They're fun. They're good. Um, but they seem to be trying to turn the corner and make sure like to solidify this year. They, they go out and trade for Lance Lynn, who's probably arguably even not in trade market, like Take out Bauer, he's probably the best pitching available, right? Some sense. So they get that guy, Lance Lynn, only one year, but $8 million. So like Sonny Gray, very affordable. Um, they give up Dane Dunning, though. He was their number three-ish prospect, I think. Depending where you go, he's like around 50 to late, you know, 100 – not late hundreds, you know, 50 to like around the 80, 90 ish mark, uh, as far as prospect goes. Um, what's your take on the trade as a whole? Um, you know, I, I actually kind of like it from the White Sox standpoint. I don't really think they gave up too much. Like Lance Lynn, I think it's weird. So, so I think Pirates fans in general, we have this kind of, we have this thought process in this, this, we already, we have a, we already we, we've seen Lance Lynn so much from his time with the uh, with the Cardinals, and we remember him being like very underwhelming, right? Sure. Like, it, which which really, if you look at his time with the Cardinals, you know he was he was fine, but it really was once he left, then he kind of turned it on. Like his last two years with the Rangers have been have been just remarkable, um, and he like I said he was always a good pitcher with the Cardinals, but. It was something. I'll have to look at the game by like the, 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 the game log, but I feel like the Pirates lit up Lance Lynn <laughs> like, for for whatever reason. <laughs> These were obviously the good times, Jim. Yeah, I mean, this was like 2013, 2014, but I sure. feel like Lance Lynn was someone who the Pirates just like mashed against, um, and so I think just like in our little Pirates bubble we don't think of Lance Lynn as being that good of a pitcher when in all actuality, he really is pretty good. I mean, he's his whole career. He's got a three, five, seven earned run average last year, three, three, two year before three, six, seven. He's been, he's gotten Cy Young votes the last two seasons. Um, so like he's, he is a good pitcher. Um, and, and yeah, Dave Dunning is some, some talent coming the other way. But if you're the White Sox and you, you, know, you clearly, you just hired a manager who, you know, you, you got to at least hope that you can win while he's still alive. Um, <laughs> so you've got to, you've got to, I mean, you've got to go for it. That's, quickly, I mean, that's, right? that's funny <laughs> because it's oh, true. <laughs> I mean, you've got to go for it. Um, and if there's one thing the White Sox aren't lacking, it's it's young arms. You know they've got they've got them all. Like they've got Kopech, they've got um, who else is coming up there? Did their first round pick from last year already made his major league debut? So as a reliever, like, but yeah, and a very yeah. very good one. <laughs> yeah. So so like they've got talent there. Um, their offense is clearly one of the most explosive in the league. And so, yeah, if they could just shore up that rotation a little bit, you're looking at a pretty dangerous team, especially in an AL Central. 
where the Tigers are down, the Indians are looks like they're getting rid of everybody um, potentially. Um, the Royals are not good. Um, you know, so it's basically like you and the twins and, and last year, like I said, the white, it was, it was a surprise season from the white Sox last year. And I think they're just looking to kind of build on that. Like they're, they're, they're kind of in a different situation than the reds where I feel like the reds tried like rebuilding too quickly. And then the white Sox, their rebuild actually kind of jump started last year. Um, and so like, they're like, okay, it's, it's now, like now's our, now's our time. Right. Um, and, and so when now is your time, you've, you've got to do some things. And this is, uh, this is apparently one of those things, but you know, Dave Dunning is a good pitcher. So, I mean, Texas is getting a good return for, for Lynn. They're going to, they're going to have him for six years. Um, so that's, that's obviously a good deal for them. Yeah. And I think, and was, I think was, was like, Chris, well, my bad. Go ahead. Chris, Chris Young's first big move, really, too, as Rangers general manager. Yeah, how about that? You get that hired, walk in the job, and the first thing you do is get rid of, rid of your best pitcher. <laughs> yeah. But good return. And I think, yeah, like yeah. eventually, like you said about the White Sox, they're the one that are capitalizing on this market. Like, that's the perfect team. Like, their rebuild, pretty much like you mentioned, ended last year. You know, that they, they found the light. They're good now. Um, so you have a very good market, and it's not like it's a poor club. You know, like they can afford people, but what better than to have also a you know a poor market right now? All these available people out there, people trying to shed salary. Um, so you know, like good on the White Sox, and they they see something like you mentioned. The, first off, the Central everywhere, NLAL, whatever you want to call it, it's just terrible. So you know, the White Sox identify that. Obviously, they're better than the other teams, but. Even the top dogs that have been in that division, the Indians and Twins, like you mentioned, clearly the Indians falling off some more. You know, they are trading Lindor this year. It's like there's no question asked. Um, and I think even the Twins, they're, they're, they're not like it's the Twins a top dog anymore. You know, I think they, mm-hmm. they seem, I don't want to say beatable in the sense of baseball. I mean, that's not to say beatable. It's not like you're talking about the Pittsburgh Steelers or or anything, Jim, but, uh, you know, there's, there's definitely some holes there. You know, you can see, you can overtake them. And I think they're smelling blood in the water. They're doing that. They go and they get Lance Lynn, even though it's one year, right. And the white Sox don't have a one year window. They're clearly going to be good for some time. I think they're saying, let's do it this year. Let's get Lance Lynn. Like we can overtake this division right now. Let's do it. Why wait? And so I like the move. I like the aggressiveness on the white Sox for doing it. Um, what I'm going to say is I, I see a lot. I hear a lot. And it's not so much from White Sox fans, which is good. But it's like, you know, ooh, like the White Sox, they gave a lot. You know, Dane Dunning's really good pitcher, which, by the way, you know, things come in full circle. They traded Adam Eaton, who they did sign last year, uh, and got Dane Dunning. But they also got Lucas Gilito and Reynaldo Lopez. So pretty solid deal for them. Uh, but now using that piece that they traded for, and getting, you know, Lance Lynn. So Dane Dunning, like, I, I know a lot of people are saying, you know, essentially he could put up the same stuff Lance Lynn does. Because to a degree, like you mentioned, Lance Lynn, he's been a fine pitcher for most of his career. And then he really has turned it on with Texas. Which also is kind of weird because, like, Texas is a hard park to pitch in. You know, so it's like, that's yeah. where you came out and succeeded. Um. But he did it. And, yeah, like last year he had almost like a seven-war pitcher. This year he ends up you know, almost being a, a two-war pitcher in Lance Lynn. So it's definitely there. I like it for them. Um, but like for one year of him to give up a Dane Dunning, as you mentioned, six years of control, it's a pretty fine pitcher. And it's like if you're looking at the White Sox, like you're not looking to just win today. You're looking to also win within those next six years. So I guess there's there's reasons why there's some concern there in that sense. Like, think about this as the Pirates. Like, if the Pirates did this trade, which it, I don't think the Pirates would ever do this, and that could be part of the problem with the Pirates. But, like, you're looking at six years of control for a small market team in that sense. Do you go out there and give up a Dane Dunning for a Lance Lynn? I get that. Um, so I don't like, like, what's your thought? Like, was Dane Dunning maybe a little too steep, though, for a Lance Lynn with this type of a team? I don't know. I mean, cause 
Listen, if you're if you're looking to win now, I'm, I I think it's pretty pretty even. And and let's also Dane Dunning also you know has had his issues, right? So he missed all of last year. Um, he he's not the youngest prospect there is, right? I mean, he'll be 26 next year. So it's not like we're trading away a 23 year old top prospect here. Um, you know, he, he was, he was a top 10 prospect for the White Sox, but he wasn't their top, top prospect. Um, yeah, I, I, I said, again, I go back to, I feel like the White Sox are not the same as the Pirates. So, you know, a team like the Pirates, yeah, they probably what? can't afford to do this deal. What are you talking about? The, Pi- the Pirates can't do this deal. The small market team, they just can't do it. Um, whereas the White Sox, they're in Chicago. I know they're not the Cubs, but they're still in Chicago. Um, they just have more resources than the Pirates do, and and they can afford to do this. The other thing too, I mean, you could argue Dave Dunning. I mean, if you look at Kopech as their top top pitcher there. Um, yeah, Dunning's maybe competing there for that that second best pitcher, but maybe even he, he's their third prospect. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's not like they gave up their top pitching prospect. Um, they've still got arms waiting to come up. I I don't have any problem with this. Like I think this is just like a truly a win win deal on both sides. The White Sox got what they needed. They shored up their rotation with somebody who's established and who they have confidence in is going to give them quality starts every time out. Where with Dunning, you just don't know that yet because he's more of an unknown. Um, where whereas the Rangers got rid of a pitcher who was about to be a free agent um, and got controllable talent in, in return. So I, I feel like it's a good trade for both sides. Um, I really, I think, I think both fan bases should should be happy about about the trade. Yeah, I I fully agree. I really do. And there's something I want to say to that um, because I don't even necessarily think this would be a bad trade for a small market team. And I think what makes this good is the sense that, I mean, it's it's a win for Texas. Like they're clearly going to trade Lance Lynn. There's no reason to keep him. And they get a guy like Dane Dunning who can slot in right now. He's there for, like you said, six years. Good win on them. Um, but there is a little bit of concern for Dane Dunning. Like you mentioned, like he is going to be 26 years old. It's not like you're you're trading for a top 22-year-old prospect. Um, you know, he's probably not going to be like extension worthy because six years from now he'll be 32. Like, are you really he's like that guy like the Will Craig we we joked about, right? Like, he's not like he's super young where you need to worry about you know signing him to any long-term deals because like, his RB years will play out through his his prime in that sense um not that texas can't afford an extension but anyways uh so it's, it's a good trade on them because they get a really good player in return uh no questions asked but like for the white Sox, even though it could be so this is the time of the year where you know the armchair gms come out and such and everyone wants to look at surplus value and trade lineup and like this is where the analytical part of that, like oh, this trade could never happen because you know the White Sox are giving up too much. I think that that hurts a lot because I do believe on paper, right? The White Sox lost the trade. You know, we can say they lost the trade. But is Dane Dunning really not expendable to them? Even though, like it, sometimes it right. takes you got to give up more to get what you want. Like it's going to take more than you're comfortable with. Right, as far as lose, like you can lose the trade, but you have Lance Lynn now. So you look at this team this year. They had what was it? I saw it, and I could look it up, but I think it was what three. The the top three guys had Cy Young votes last year. Then, right. So obviously Lance Lynn. Um, <clears throat> did Keiko have Cy Young votes? I think he did. And then Giolito. Maybe. And then Giolito. Yeah. I think it was three of the top – I think it's what it was. I think it was mm-hmm. three of the top seven Cy Young vote getters yeah. in the rotation right now. So – but like the thing about Dane Dunning, even though he's a good prospect on paper that could look like they lost a trade, he's expendable to them. Like they can afford to lose him. And I feel like even the Pirates, if the Pirates were in this position, this is what they missed on. 
I'm not saying they had it, but like this is where they could miss on because they look at and view that trade one off, right? The armchair GMs even on Twitter and such right now, like they view this trade one off and say no, you know the 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 White Sox give too much, but it's like did they really? Were they really losing? Even though they lose Lance Lynn after this year, you still have Giolito, you know you got Keuchel. You got Kopech now coming back. Uh, you got Renato Lopez. You know, the, the first round, Crockett, like you mentioned. Like, what did they really lose? Is Dane Dunn not expendable to them? Like, that's how Dane Dunn, Dunning, sorry, is his best use for the White Sox is a trade chip. And they got basically the second best pitcher available on the market, whether free agency or trade. They used it to get that. And like this rotation right now, is I'm not gonna say lights out, but it's solid. I mean, this is a playoff rotation. The one, two, three can get the job done. And we know the offense is there. You know, if Crockett stays in the bullpen this year, which you know could happen, like that bullpen's pretty good. I'm with you. Like two teams can win. And you can even if you lose on paper, you can still win. Yeah, like I said, I think I think both teams win. Um I I I I guess I'm not as high on Dunning as maybe some are, um, and, and I think, that's I think I'm with you. Like I have fine. questions with it. He can yeah, like, be. Yeah, I, I think he's fine, um, and like I, I think he can be a productive major league starting pitcher. But if you're the White Sox and you're looking to build a team that's going to win the World Series, they got better for 2021. Like that. They got better for next year. And I think that's that's what their goal was. Mm-hmm. Um, they they achieved that goal. The Rangers achieved their goal. They they were able to trade their biggest trade chip and got some talent in return that's going to be with them a long time. So both teams achieved their goal uh, with the trade. And I, I again, like you could argue, Dunning may not even make this rotation. <laughs> so with the White Sox, I mean, depending, he'd be fighting for a spot, right? And, and so instead, they now traded him for someone who, um, who clearly will be in that top three in their rotation and will provide them with solid starts all year long. Right. And, and it, it's funny because you keep hearing him. It's like he's going to be another three. He's going to be behind Keiko and Giolito. But like mm-hmm. realistically, I, I feel he's probably going to be – Giolito is, I think, taking a whole other level right now. But I think he'll, he'll, be the, like, he'll be more productive than Keiko in my mind. You know, I mean, that's that's yeah, the type of talent I mean, you're getting. You know, he he's an ace on most staffs. Yes, yes, he is. I would say, you know, if you're going through and naming the top 30 pitchers in Major League Baseball, Lance Lynn's got to be one of them. Right. Just so happens that Giolito's also there for the White Sox, which again, it's a good thing. Giolito also. There. <laughs> um, the other thing too, I did I did want to just touch on this because we talked about it earlier. Um, Lance Lynn, by the way, more starts against the Pirates than any other team. Mm. The five point three one earned run average against the Pirates in his career. Well, wow. that is the worst, the worst among any team he's made more than six starts against. How lucky for the White Sox <laughs> that the Pirates decided to rebuild and not face them in the World Series this year. Boy, so they lucked lucky. out. They lucked yeah, out, Jim. Because if it was Lance Lynn against the Pirates in you know Game Seven of the World Series, it's all it's it's over. Adam Frazier, man, you hate to see it. Yeah, I mentioned I was going to bring up the Chris Archer trade again, and, and this is why and this is here and how and actually it's, it's funny because as you mentioned, like a small market team not being able to do it. I, I think this is also a good example. Now the trade was awful. Okay, I'm not here to justify the trade. I'm not, I'm not here to do that. It was bad. It was terrible. It was awful. But here's what I want to say about it. Had things worked out, this is almost like that deal in that sense. Okay? If Chris Archer was the Chris Archer I think many of us was hoping to get, Tyler Glass now was expendable. Like, we, you know what he could be, like Dane Dunning, right? You know what he could be, but the likelihood is you're probably not finding it right now when you're in a – which again, the pirates really weren't, but when you're in the win now mode, if Chris Archer came over and he produced Tyler Glass now is expendable because you have a guy who's good and he's in there now, you have to wait for, right? Like Meadows is good, 
but it's expendable. Like there's also Reynolds, you know, there's Marte, you have Polanco, there's still Dickerson, you know, maybe make another signing. Like that, that's, I think that's what I'm getting at with this trade too. Like you can lose the trade on paper, but it still could be a win. And the Pirates almost saw the same thing. Just didn't work out. So I hope Lance Lynn doesn't go the yeah. Chris Archer route for the White Sox. Um, he's not on the trajectory like Chris Archer kind of was at the time either. <laughs> but uh, but again, it's like yeah. kind of the same thing. Like the Pirates I, could. Do I also that. don't. I also don't think you can compare the the return in that. Like Austin Meadows, Tyler Glass now, and Shane Boz. Is a totally different animal than Dane Dunning and Avery Ween, I think was the other one. Right. So not in the same stratosphere. We're talking about the Pirates traded away two top 100, two top 50 prospects. <laughs> um, and, and another guy who way. was like, and one that's on its way. Right. So it's it, the, the trade. <laughs> I, mean, I, just, I see you bringing it up, but it's, it's Honestly, they're not even in the same ballpark for me. And, like, and it's not. It's not. I know it's bad. Like I'm not. I'm not comparing yeah. these two trades in that sense. Yeah. Uh, but, but I think what I wanted to say is way, way worse. The methodology, you know, like yeah. even because I think that's what we talked about when it happened too, which you know it was a little buyer's remorse. Chris Archer, maybe not the guy to do it for, but I think that the ideology was. It can still work, even though we gave up a ton. It can still work as long as Chris Archer was good, because those guys were extend expendable at the point of time. You know, yeah. if Glass now ends up being good, it's okay because we got a guy that's good now and not the wait for it. And I think that's the methodology, the idea for the White Sox is the the White Sox can still lose the trade on paper, but it can still all work out because Dane Dunning is expendable to them. They're going to be good for this year. They're going to be really good for this year. And in the future, they don't really need Dave Dunning because they have the pieces around to still be productive. Um, so that's all. I just wanted to bring up that trade a couple times more. I mean, you know, just, we're not going to have depressed. too many more times to talk about it. I just get right? depressed every time that trade is brought up. <laughs> like, <laughs> Jesus. Well, how do you realize we traded Andrew McCutcheon and Austin Meadows in the same year? <laughs> No, we didn't. Did we? Yeah, we did. I thought Meadows was the next year. No, both were 2018. McCutcheon was the 2018, like, but off season. But it was like the same calendar year. Right. We traded the guy who was like our MVP center fielder. And then we traded the guy who was supposed to replace that guy. Well, damn. Well, at least we don't have a guy that's like Neil Huntington anymore. We basically traded Pause. fifteen. <laughs> we, we we traded like fifteen years worth of <laughs> of like of like all star caliber center field play right. for Chris Archer. Oh, and then we also gave up Tyler Glass now with Jane Bass. Yeah, <laughs> I know. And again, like had that trade not happened, what we would be talking about right now could be well different. But it is what it is. Off the new path, off the new rebuild. Um, I, I just, I guess, just to kind of cap this and this, I, I don't hear of any rumors of the Pirates. Um, maybe we can tie Joe Musgrove in just a little bit. So obviously, Lance Lynn gets back at Dane Dunning. Is there some uh, again, like with what we just talked about with the mm-hmm. the, the trade itself? Um, I mean, does this help the Pirates a bit with with Musgrove? Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, with Musgrove, you've got obviously more long-term value. I don't know if a team's going to look at Musgrove and say, hey, this guy is as good as Lance Lynn. Um, but the Which, value by the way, is certainly not, there. He's, he's <laughs> right, not. He's, he's, nobody is. Yeah. Right, yeah. Joe Musgrove is not better than Lance Lynn. Um, like, look at the career numbers. There, <laughs> He's not better. Um, did, did Lance Lynn have more war last year than Joe Musgrove have in, in his career? I want to look that up now. Because <laughs> Lynn was about a seven-war pitcher last year. Yeah, Musgrove's probably point, right around there. Musgrove has 8.2 for his career. So, okay. Okay. So, yeah, let's put to bed that Musgrove is better than Lynn because he's not. Um, but the value's there because, you you know, you've got three years of Joe Musgrove, right? Um, 
So, so yeah, it'll be interesting to see the the offers. I don't know. I mean, we'll, we'll just have to see. I I feel like the return could be decent though on Joe Musgrove. So yeah, based off of this deal, I think the Pirates could get like a top one hundred prospect for Musgrove. I mm-hmm. really think that's that's a possibility. Now, like I said, they're not getting anybody like a top fifty, but they I think they can get like a borderline top 100 prospect maybe another guy where that's just young and a flyer um right but but yeah i i kind of feel like musgrove's trade value is sort of right in line with Marte's at the time of that trade i don't really think i think two years of Marte versus three years of musgrove probably similar there mm-hmm. um in, in terms of value so i would expect a trade that looks similar to a starling Marte trade um, if if they were to, to to make a deal, so we'll see if something happens. I'm with you, man. I'm with you, and, and it's not like I look at the the Lance Lynn Dane Dunning train itself to say, oh, that's the market. But one thing I was wondering and speculating with this offseason with teams crying poor is, does that help prospects? You know, the, the value of a prospect now because if they don't want to pay money, then they'll pay in prospects, which like a lot of these rich teams might have a lot of prospect capital and not dollars and they'll say okay well like uh you know Lance Lynn's a good example because again he was only eight million dollars and with teams not wanting to spend a whole lot again maybe that's also why the White Sox were looking hey you know I'll spend a little more in this prospect than what I'm usually comfortable with because he is only eight million dollars and for the White Sox too like they're looking he's only eight million so we can now go also build and get more players like apparently George Springer is still in the mix after Adam Eaton um but yeah, like look around baseball, like you know the the Rays signed Smiley is eleven million dollars, I think. So like if Smiley's getting eleven million dollars, and that's what the cost is for like that type of a pitcher, maybe I'll spend a little more in prospects to get a Joe Musgrove who's probably better than than Smiley, but also way cheaper. And again, it's not so much the Dane Dunning trade itself is what's making me feel good. It's that it's adding on to something I was hoping to see this off season. Uh, which seems to be maybe more the case that, yeah, so like a Joe Musgrove, he is very, very affordable, very controllable. He's not bad. He's not Lance Lynn, but he's not bad. But I, I think what we saw last year, too, is maybe some other teams can see there's some untapped productivity as well they can get into. So, yeah, I'm with you. Like, I would certainly see a Marte type of return, um, potentially just a bit better because, like you said, maybe the the first piece is already in the top 100, whereas, like, Piguero crept into the top 100 list this year um right which is good that's comfortable that's better than what we thought last year yeah i think i think you're looking at a similar return for cool for musgrove so let's get it done then right let's do it all right um well that's it uh unless you had anything else you wanted to add to the show um i think that's it yeah cool cool All right, well, then we'll be back tomorrow night uh, with NS9 Jeopardy. So tune in. The contestants have been picked tomorrow at 9 p.m. And uh, we'll see you then. Bye-bye. Later.